0: Hi folks, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I explore a different topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. I'm your host, Jess serdikoff vermola a registered dietitian, dietitian supervisor, and owner of Empowering Dietitians, where I help burnt out and unhappy dietitians opt out of hustle culture and reclaim their passion and purpose as a human first and dietitian second. After all, we are all more than a dietitian. Welcome to a bonus slash early release episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. This one is another one addressing prep and planning for conferences, so I wanted to make sure that I released it before wind and FNC this weekend actually kick off. As a content warning, as you might have gathered from the title of this episode, this episode is all about traveling while pregnant. If you are not in a place to hear about pregnancy, I totally understand and hope you'll tune back in next week instead, even if you choose to skip this episode in particular. If not, keep listening for my top strategies and also spoiler alert. Uh, why I happen to know a thing or two about traveling while pregnant in the first place. What better way to announce that I'm pregnant than to drop an episode on attending conferences while pregnant? Surprise! I will likely have another episode with more details on my upcoming maternity leave, probably next month, But mostly I figured I needed to actually tell you that I'm pregnant before I show up at FinC with a six month bump. Though, I mean, that is certainly one way to announce it too. I'm also dropping this episode early, because if you do happen to also be pregnant and attending FinC, you probably don't want to hear about this episode on Sunday, October 8th, when it would originally air, smack dab in the middle of the conference itself. that being said, some of the tips that I'm gonna give might be a little bit hard to implement last minute, but um, hopefully there are plenty that still help you if you do happen to catch this and want to implement it immediately. Um, this episode also likely won't be particularly long, but between what I experienced earlier this year traveling to Iceland, when I was around eight or nine weeks pregnant, and what I'm planning to do this time around for Finsey being around 24 weeks pregnant, I thought it might be a helpful resource for others as well, and because of the sensitive nature of pregnancy, especially in uh, a female-dominated field, something I'm very acutely aware of and sensitive to, I didn't want to lump it in to an episode that is more general, and you wouldn't be able to easily like skip over this part, so I wanted to keep it nice and contained and separate. So let's get into it. First, the travel itself. Uh, First trimester concerns are largely going to be surrounding morning sickness type symptoms. Um, With Iceland, I actually took prescription anti-nausea medications for the flights themselves. And I made sure to have pretzels, ginger chews, and also some empty Ziploc bags with me. You know, in case I had to throw up and there wasn't access to a vomit bag. Or I couldn't easily get to the bathroom because I was on a Inside window seat. Fortunately, I didn't have to use any bags, but I did have them just in case. I also aimed to stay as hydrated as possible. That's going to be a basic travel tip for everyone, but especially when you're pregnant. Um, And I brought a lot of my own food beyond just like the pretzels, though they were my go to saviors when I was feeling particularly nauseous. Um, but I brought a lot of my own food to the extent that I could because my food aversions at that time were really strong. I also got the, um, nausea pressure point bracelets, the kind of like, you know, I don't know if they're anti motion sickness or like sea sickness bands, like C bands that some people wear sometimes. Um, but I got them at the tail end of my first trimester. I didn't have them for my trip to Iceland. So fortunately slash unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, the nausea was subsiding before I really got a chance to use them. Um, But you can look into something like that as well. You may want to communicate to the flight attendants. Um, I know I felt really uncomfortable telling people I was pregnant up until very recently, Um, Honestly, I still feel pretty uncomfortable telling people, but at least now I look a little pregnant, um, which can sometimes, I don't know, ease the reactions a little bit better, but it can be helpful to communicate to staff or even your neighbors, possibly if you're not next to someone that you know, or if you're traveling to a conference like by yourself, you don't have a buddy with you who knows and can kind of help you out a little bit. It can just be nice to to have people who are looking out for you or who understand that you might not be feeling so great. Now, uh, this time around, I'm going to be in my second trimester. So I'm more focused this time on blood flow and frequent trips to the bathroom. Uh, loose clothing with compression socks, um, comfortable shoes that will allow for some potential swelling. That's not something that I've experienced yet, but you know, going up thousands of feet in the air, it might. Um, So I'm gonna be sure to wear some some loose items. Um, I have an aisle seat so that I can get up as close to once an hour as possible without disturbing other people. Um, And I've also looked up specific leg stretches that I can do from my seat in between standing up Um, or if turbulence prevents me from getting up and walking around as much as they recommend. Sarah Reardon is a physical therapist behind the brand, The Vagina Whisperer. And she has a reel on Instagram with some great flight stretches for pregnancy. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna double check and I'll link it in the show notes. I'll at the very least link her page, um, which has some great resources in general. Um, But the big focus is still gonna be on hydration and handy snacks. I'm also planning to communicate with the flight staff this time around for sure. Um, And Justin's actually traveling with me because he's a nervous Nelly about me making this trip while six months pregnant. Um, But if you don't have someone with you to help, don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it, whether it is lifting things up above your head to get your luggage into the comp- compartment above um, or seeing if you can get priority early boarding so that you're not kind of pushed and shoved in the, the like mad rush. If you're flying economy and are going with like general boarding, um, those can all be helpful. Now, third trimester, this isn't something that I have direct experience with, but uh, the biggest thing is to pay attention to your airline's policies because many require doctor's notes within 24 to 72 hours of the flight in order to be cleared for it. And many will not let you fly at all, regardless of a doctor's note after about 36 weeks. You know, they don't want you like going into labor in air, which is fair. (laughs) Um... Now if you're not flying, if you're driving, I wouldn't really change much to my approach even if I were driving to the conference. Frequent stops to stretch my legs are still important even if you're not thousands of feet above you know the ground. Um, it's really important to keep your blood flowing. It's really important to have snacks and stay hydrated and plan for the trip to take longer because, you know more frequent stops for bathroom trips and stretching your legs. Um, where you sit in the car can also sometimes impact motion sickness if you're experiencing nausea. Um, so being in the front seat, if possible, can help if you're experiencing nausea. Um, and I I forget, I probably should have looked at this before I hit the record button. If you're in the back seat, I think, I forget, it's either being behind the driver's seat or being behind the, I think it's being behind the driver's seat is supposedly better for motion sickness. So you might want to look that up too. Again, if you're doing like a road trip with friends to the conference or colleagues, and um, you aren't able to get the front seat. But you know, pull a pregnancy card if you can, if other people know that you're pregnant. All right, so that's what it comes to traveling. Those are the big considerations that I'm making while traveling. So next, what am I bringing with me that might be different from what I would normally bring with me? Um, Now, if I were driving, I would absolutely be bringing my pregnancy pillow with me. Um, This is something that I, I started using here and there probably around 15 weeks, but I didn't really need it for comfort until probably closer to 20 weeks. So if you're kind of in that range, I would recommend bringing it if you can. Um, As it is, I don't think that I'm going to be packing it for the flight because I don't think that I'm gonna be able to fit it into luggage and I don't wanna check a bag. Um, So I'm just probably banking on lots of pillows at the hotel (laughs) and crossing my fingers. Uh, Definitely more comfortable shoes and comfortable clothes at the conference itself. Honestly, I think that this is kind of a go-to across the board for everyone. You're going to be doing a lot of walking. um, And I'm sure we all want to look cute and quote unquote professional, but like I'm going to be comfortable. That's always my go-to thing. So I highly recommend making sure that you have shoes and comfortable clothes that you can be moving around in all day, um, walking around in all day. I also recommend plenty of snacks. Um, and bringing those yourself. Now, um, as an aside with the clothes, before we kind of get into the food, rewind a little bit, um, as an aside, maternity clothes are absurdly expensive is something that I was not anticipating. I lucked out and I have a very large family, um, with a bunch of people who have somewhat recently given birth. Um, So I got a ton of hand-me-downs that I'm pretty sure will cover me for the conference. I'll be sitting down in a few days after recording this and making sure that there aren't like key pieces that I need. Um, But especially since you may need clothes that you won't otherwise wear very often. Um, I know that I personally don't need to dress like business casual on a regular basis you could look into some of the maternity rental companies or see if a thrift brand like ThreadUp has options. This is probably that like one piece of advice in particular that I was thinking of at the top of the episode when I was like, some of this might be a little last minute if you are using this episode for like last minute tips for FinC this year specifically. Um, But yeah, uh, I would say that if you are in a bind and you're like, crap, I need like new clothes. (laughs) Um, and you don't have the like budget for super fancy clothes, or, um, you don't have time to look into the thrift options. Just go more casual. I mean, dress it up with whatever you feel comfortable with, um, some jewelry or something like that. I'm personally of the mindset that professionalism is a little bit, um, I don't know, supremacy culture-ish. And I think that as long as you look presentable, you do you. Um, And if you need to look a little bit more dressed down, go for it. If you need to wear sneakers, wear sneakers. And I'm going to stand by that statement, even if you uh, are not pregnant. Just be comfortable. Look nice, sure. But mostly, like, be yourself and and let your clothes represent yourself. Because while we want to make a good impression, we also want to show who we are, um, and, and I think that we can do that without wearing blazers and dresses and all that. Anyway, that's my rant. Um, another thing that I'm gonna be bringing with me is I'm going to be bringing a bunch of KN95 masks, which maybe not everyone will choose to do, um, but I've personally been particularly cautious with pregnancy not just with COVID, but also viruses and the flu. I mean, with your immune system being kind of suppressed a little bit um, and also the timing of FinCy isn't great. It's especially with my uh, stage of pregnancy that I'm at and the rollout of the recent boosters, it it kind of not coming together as um, conveniently as I would have liked. It's recommended to wait until mid-October for a flu shot usually. Um, and at this point, by the time, again, this is another piece of advice that um, isn't gonna work as well last minute because the flu shot can take, I think about, I think it's two weeks to really like take effect. So it it wouldn't really matter if you went out and got one today. It, it's not really gonna protect you from anything um, at FNC itself, um, but it's, it's really recommended to wait until mid-October for the flu shot usually, if you can. Um, And then they also usually recommend waiting until the third trimester for a COVID shot or booster. So I'm not gonna be as up to date on vaccines as I'd like for a big trip like this one. We're talking 10,000 dietitians crammed into a convention center after flying in from all over the country and in some cases the world, right at the start of cold and flu season. Again, everyone has their own personal comfort level with risk and exposure and COVID or sickness in general. But for me, it's a, been a notable consideration. Um, and if you are a little bit hesitant to be, you know, I'm sure that most people will not be masking just with general trends right now. So if you're nervous to be like one of the only ones masking and the peer pressure side of it is making you hesitant, um, I'll, you can find me. I'll, I'll be the one walking around in a mask. Um, so you won't be 100% alone. Uh, And lastly, I'm also gonna make sure that I have a refillable water bottle with me, specifically one that has a filter attached to it, um, just in case I don't have easy access to filtered water, um, for example, either in my hotel room or at the convention center, but I can still stay hydrated without like lugging a giant thing with me or having to bring a thousand different disposable water bottles. All right, and lastly, um, does this change my approach to the conference itself? Not really, though I will be mindful of a few things. Um, temperature regulation and layers is one thing because um, I can randomly get freezing cold out of nowhere, which I feel like is actually opposite of what, what most pregnant people experience. But, you know, bottom line, have layers so that you can respond whatever you're feeling in the moment. I Again, I think that's a pretty universal whether you're pregnant or not recommendation. Um, I'll also make sure that I get up and stretch and move around. I may sit toward the back or on an aisle if I attend any sessions in case my back is bothering me and I need to get up and move around or again, you know, if I have to pee because baby has decided to use my bladder as a punching bag during the session. On the flip side, I'll also be mindful of how much walking and standing I'm doing and make sure that I'm taking breaks to sit and rest if needed. That will especially be true if I'm like walking around the expo or the membership case or marketplace. I think they call it the marketplace. Um, I also have to be conscious of not going too long without eating, of course, uh, which is kind of where those snacks come in that I said that I would be bringing. Lunch isn't built into a big conference like Fincy. Some conferences do serve lunch or do serve some food, um, but FinC is is not one of them beyond what is free samples at the expo. So I'll have snacks on hand for sure. And we'll also aim to schedule my days around meals. And speaking of food, um, if you are experiencing strong aversions to food, and especially if you're experiencing a strong aversions to odors, you may want to limit how much you're in the expo itself, or you may want to be aware of like the time of day. I know that I was generally a little bit better in the mornings when I was experiencing like really strong aversions than I was more in the afternoon. Um, So timing it to to a point where you tend to feel a little bit better if possible. I don't know how COVID has changed sample policies. I haven't been to FinC personally since pre-pandemic. So there's a chance that there's not gonna be a lot of like cooking demos or like really strong smells of samples, but just be prepared in case that's not part of the conference that works for you with your specific symptoms and triggers. And um, one bonus note that I want to, to mention before I wrap up, early pregnancy socialization can be weird. I'm only just now getting into the phase where I'm like visibly pregnant. So I can't speak to how that changes things. I've definitely heard that people come up and think that they can just like touch you without your consent or permission, which is weird. Um, I'm sure that I will have some thoughts maybe after Fancy, but um, at first it can feel pretty isolating. There's this weird societal pressure to keep it a secret early on. Or maybe you haven't announced it professionally or to your employer yet, so you don't want to share it at a professional conference. Or maybe you just kind of feel awkward randomly bringing it up when you're not showing because it's not like it's going to come up in conversation. I felt all of those things. And at the same time, despite it being this secret, there is so much happening in your body. You might feel like absolute garbage, but yet you're supposed to be professional and put together and fine. There might be samples at the expo that you're avoiding, but not have a good explanation for why if someone questions it, or you might feel pressured to come up with a reason for not drinking alcohol. You might be totally zapped of energy and need a nap in the middle of the day and no one understands why you have to duck out of the conference or you aren't up for a late night schmooze. I know for me, for the longest time, I had the worst sundown effect cascade of symptoms where starting around like 4 p.m. onwards, I would just feel progressively worse until the end of the night. So any of those like evening mixers or socials would be really hard for me if I were going with those symptoms still. And I don't really have a great answer to this one other than to validate that it's a weird and hard and sometimes lonely time, and that can be compounded at large social gatherings. Make sure that you're taking whatever time you need to take care of yourself. And also, if you're someone who isn't pregnant listening to this, it's a helpful reminder not to push back on other people's choices, for the most part, for a lot of different reasons. If someone isn't drinking or isn't eating a particular food or needs some time for themselves, it's one thing to ask a quick, hey, is everything okay? If you're concerned, but for the most part, let them make their own decisions without pressure to rationalize or explain it to you. You never know what someone is going through, pregnancy or otherwise, and they may not feel comfortable sharing their specific reasons for making any particular choice. All right. Now, again, I know this has been a pretty niche episode, but I hope that it's been helpful. And if you do catch me sitting at the way back of one of your talks or getting up and leaving in the middle of it, it's not because I'm not interested. I probably just have to pee. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, there are two things you can do that dramatically help to support the show. First, leave a quick rating and or review on your podcast listening app of choice. This helps new listeners find the show. Second, sharing this episode with a dietitian friend can also go a long way in spreading the anti-hustle message to dietitians far and wide. And speaking of supporting one another, Please don't be a stranger if you find yourself in need of that supportive space yourself. There are a number of ways to work with me, from one-on-one supervision packages to my course, Abundance, and periodic live classes and workshops. The best way to stay up to date on which of these services and offerings are available at any given time? Grab my free dietitian journal to sign yourself up for my email list at www.empoweringdietitians.com slash resources. That's www.empoweringdietitians.com slash R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S.